Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like a cat delving into some cream. And here's my cat purring. This week's podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, award-winning marketing for the arts. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com for more info. This week, I had comedian and actress Ria Lena, and we chatted top tips for cold sores, motherhood, and of course, comedy. Enjoy. You're listening to Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines. My special guest, Ria Lena's here. Hello. Hi. Do you like a bit of Beyonce? Um, I appreciate her, uh, her um, enthusiasm. So, no. Good, good. <laughs> we're, we're learning stuff already. Now, Rialina, nail scissors or nail clippers? Oh, clippers. The question of the day, clippers. Clippers and clippers. We've done a little twist Oh, wait, you know what? You don't have the third option on there, teeth. Oh, no. You know, but people bite their nails, don't they? Oh, yeah, sorry, I was thinking toenails. Oh, gosh, no. Oh, are we just doing toes, clippers? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't specify, did I? No. Oh, it's a whole another world is open. We're going to have to start another Twitter poll. On, um, on Loose Women, which I watch sometimes when I'm at home, Robbie Williams' wife was on, and she said that he bites his toenails. <laughs> My youngest would do it, and I think just because he could. So um, your husband, Steve Jones. <laughs> <laughs> T4's Welsh heartthrob, Steve Jones. Well, you know, in, in my mind or in a private moment, perhaps. <laughs> Would he bite his nails with his... Oh, never. With his toenails? No, no. He'd, he'd get a pedicure. Now, are you married to, to T4's Welsh heartthrob, Steve Jones? I am not married to T4's Welsh, Steve Jones, and nor am I married to the biology author and scientist, Steve Jones, who's published a number of books. I'm married to the kung fu author and publisher Steve Jones oh hello that sounds more interesting because we're talking about this because on Wikipedia mm. it says it is, yeah. your spouse is Steve Jones and it links to the man who presents on T4 which is quite exciting to find out because somebody's clearly gone on there and gone oh I'm gonna I'm gonna update Ria's Wikipedia page. It's not just my team. She deserves a change in her married life. Yeah, I'm, and I'm loving it. I'm hoping quietly that it was Steve Jones himself who just went, "That's me." Yeah, I, I fancy a bit of this. Mm. But you are married to a Steve Jones who does kung fu happily. He married. is. He. Oh, that's a whole other show. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I'm married to. I'm married to Steve Jones. He was Ali G's butt double at the end of the '90s. Hello. Yes. Yes. Naked butt double. Naked butt double. Like Joey naked. Tribbiani in Friends when he does it for Al Pacino. Yeah, exactly that job, but he did it for, for Ali G. Um, what scene was it in? Uh, the opening scene of Ali G's TV show for, for Channel 4. He's naked in a spotlight, and then it's his, tracks, his yellow tracksuit flies on him, and then he rolls a joint with one hand and then turns around and is there. And he didn't use and his real bum. No, Such well, because Ali G's ripped, isn't he? Ali G, the character, has this ripped tone body and of course what Sasha, Sasha? <laughs> well as we well know from other characters that he has portrayed he doesn't quite have that physique yeah although it's ideal for other characters but your husband has that bum had okay. that bum he Good. did is that what first attracted you to him I very much saw him from behind first yes <laughs> you saw him in the opening sequence of Ali J he said I must find that man <laughs> <laughs> Whose bum is that? I'm going to marry it. <laughs> I want my children to have that bum. Well, apart um, from your lovely marriage and husband, <clears throat> um, you're an actress, comedian, writer. Busy, busy, busy. It, 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 well, it certainly fills out the tax return, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to this week? 
Oh, well, you know, obviously panicking for Edinburgh, because everybody does. That's yep. the time of year. Same. the season. Um, it was Father's Day on Sunday, so I left my husband with the kids. Good. To remember how much of a father he is. <laughs> um, and Being I'm, fatherly. I'm sure he, he enjoyed that immensely. And uh, what else has happened this week? This week, I started making porridge with almond milk, which has changed my life. Yes, this is what we talk about, because I'm lactose intolerant, so mm. I have soy milk and almond milk anyway. Right, well, I'm, I've become milk intolerant, which I didn't realize. Do, can you still eat the other things? So I can eat cheese and yogurt. <gasps> I minimize it. I can still eat cheese and yogurt, but I can't have milk. So there's something in milk that just my whole body goes, no, not having that. I'm so jealous that you can have cheese. I freaking love cheese. Oh, I'm, I'm, but that's why I'm taking it slow because I don't yeah. want to lose it. I don't want my body to go, that is it. You can, no more for you. Yeah, I try and I have cheese because I can't live without it. Mm. But then I have small amounts Oh yeah, little in my in my Mousy diet. Amounts. So are you just because what I do is I have almond milk with the cereal and then I have soy milk with the tea. I avoid soy milk because I'm so uh, sensitive to my own hormones. The last thing I need is something looking like estrogen coming to the party and going. Let's see what happens now. <laughs> um, More of me, anyone? <laughs> um, yes, because people say this uh, has a lot of estrogen in it. It has, an, I think, I an estrogen-like compound. It's very simple, but it is messing with the fish, isn't it? Regardless, the fish are sort of going, I can't tell. Is it soy? Is it <laughs> pills? I don't know. I'm growing breast. What's happening? Oh, don't tell the me fish. that. I'd be jealous of the fish now. Maybe you should start <laughs> soy. <laughs> I feel like my boobs may have, be, have got bigger since I've been drinking soy milk. Well, maybe I'll start. Maybe this is a reason. You know, if I could be guaranteed. Producer Kate does right. not look convinced. <laughs> <laughs> she has a lovely pair. She's fine. Um, She's like, it's not soy milk, Sam. It's just fat. <sighs> She did it. She that. did. She with her face. I saw it. I, oh, how could you? That's it. No, that that's the main reason I've sort of started eating badly. It's because I want bigger boobs. That's the real reason. If I could guarantee <laughs> it would go to the boobs, then I would I would be at McDonald's every day. It only ever Front goes center. to the place you don't want it to go to, doesn't it? Exactly. It, it never goes to the good places. No. It goes on the the hips and the face. Do you get it in the face? Well, I'm finding actually the arms. I'm finding that my arms are, you know, suddenly a sleeve is a bit tight. Yes. I'm just going, hang on a second. The upper arm. I feel like when you get to a certain age, your upper arm just balloons. Yeah. It, and you can't fit in any trendy jackets. It's actually, I think, the first place where the elasticity goes. And you just don't notice it because half the year, you know, three quarters of the year, well, most of the year, we're in long sleeves yeah. in this country. And you don't see it until that one time you walk past the mirror on the way to the shower and you just go, ho, ho. Or in your wedding photos where they've you, you, they've taken a photo of you from the side below and you're like, my arm is massive. That's what happened to me. Well, I got married seven months pregnant, so all bets were off with oh, wow. those photos. Like everything was in the wrong place, you know, nothing. But I actually had my arms pointed out to me by my darling mother who came to a show and just Lovely. went, your arms, you need to work on your arms. I'm like, oh, thank you. A, thank a you, comedy mother. show. Well, not in the middle of the show. She did wait till after. <laughs> she didn't just heckle me with, what's up with your arms? You want to be ashamed of yourself. Uh, great, great post-show feedback, though. Yeah. Thank did, you. What yeah. about the comedy, Mum? Well, <laughs> actually, she is surprisingly biased in my favor. Oh. She's, they've come to shows, um, and, then, and they've sat there and gone, well, of course you were the best. And you go, okay. You know, so they're, they're nicely... They're excellent parents. They're, they're, yeah. Which is surprising because this is not the life they wanted for me. This is not the life that they paid for. This is not why they put me through years and years of schooling. What did they want you to do? Um, well, life in the right order. So, of course, get a job, um, buy a house, 
get married, get divorced, get a bigger house, get married again, maybe stay with that one. If not, divorce, put it down to practice, get a bigger house. <laughs> Marry again, They're then quite maybe into have divorce. a kid. They're, quite They're very into much. Divorce. My mother said when I married my husband, it's always good to practice first before you actually properly get married. <laughs> it's proper marriage. Did you sign a certificate? Yeah, in front of a in front of a, a what is it? Registry registrar. Dude. Registrar. Is we had the most marriage. lovely gay registrar as well. He was so happy. <laughs> we're getting married. Um, and we picked our vows, and we picked the plainest vows because we're just not floral as yeah. people. Uh, and he forgot and got a little into it and just started reading oh. the floral ones. And we're there going, mm, I love you forever and ever? No, I love you for now. We love each other for now. We're good for now. I mean, I want to go to a dinner party at your house. You sound like an amazing couple. <laughs> We've touched on so much already and there's so much more to come. I'm here with Ria Lena on Baines Plus One. Baines Plus One. It's Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines, and the brilliant Ria Lena. Morning. Morning. Well, afternoon. Always morning somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'm going to use that one when I forget. Sometimes I forget what day it is when I'm doing this show. Yeah, Thanks but nobody comes one. in and goes, Thursday. <laughs> yeah, but I do it every Thursday. I've done it for like <laughs> six months. you think I'd remember, but no, sometimes I'm like, Wednesday. So, Rialina, it was time for your quick fire round. <gasps> I'm ready. Have you ever been in a quick fire situation previously? No. 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 No, because I always end up chatting about the answers. It's never, like, easy. Okay. It's never easy. Okay. Well, we're going to chat afterwards about the answers, right. but for now, it'll be quick fire, and okay. I'm going to do scary eyes at you. Okay, so right. Rialina, it's your quick fire round. Tea or coffee? Tea. Facebook or Twitter? Neither. You have to pick one. Uh, Twitter. USA or Netherlands? Netherlands. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Car or train? Train. Autism or Asperger's? Asperger's. Pen or pencil? Pen. Science or comedy? Comedy. TV or radio? TV. You can have to speed up. Edinburgh or London? Edinburgh. Ketchup in the cupboard or in the fridge? Fridge. Child number one, two or three? <laughs> two. <laughs> Adventurous or cautious? Uh, cautious. T4, Steve Jones or your actual husband? T4 Brexit in or out This time in There we go You passed Oh Heavens You tried to slow down And I would not let you No And you were right not to So why child number two (laughs) Because child number two Is often the one That gets the least So Oh. You know, because the oldest one, you know, you, you have all the aspirations, the first one, all the expectation. The youngest one is the baby. And it's the one in the middle that just kind of, and the one in the middle has to balance everyone else out. Because he has to play up with the older one, play down with the younger one. Like, there's more pressure on the middle kid than anyone else, so. Oh, that's nice. That was very considered for a split. <laughs> split. And he looks like decision. me. Oh, de- oh. He's you like you want a mini me. That's he's the my real only mini me. My daughter's blonde, and my my youngest has got like 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 medium brown hair and blue eyes. Just you know. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> where did you come yeah, from? Where did either of them come from? <laughs> <laughs> so, what you've got a little bit longer to ask these questions. We asked them to everyone. What is one thing you couldn't live without? At the moment, Coca Cola. Oh, yeah, that's my that's my 
vice. Why have you started drinking Coca-Cola? Oh, I haven't started it. I never, like, it's just always been there. Okay, because you said at the moment, like, it was a new thing. (laughs) Oh, I see. Well, (laughs) no, at the moment, as in, I have so much, like, I could not get through a day without probably at least one. Just one. Do you wash your teeth properly and efficiently? I do brush my teeth once in a 24-hour cycle, (laughs) but sometimes I end up sleeping and then waking up going, ah, my teeth, and then brush my teeth and going back to bed. (laughs) Well, that is very committed to the teeth brushing. <laughs> yeah. I would not wake up it's to because do it. of the coke. Um, what's the big your biggest guilty pleasure? Oh, that's uh, probably also Coca Cola, isn't it? That's Coca-Cola. fine. Yeah, great. What's the most recent lie you told? <gasps> oh well, it's probably the T four Steve Jones thing. It's <laughs> more of a wishful thinking, I think. Are you trying to think of another one? I'm try- well, yeah, genuinely trying to think of... Is it... Lo- do you ever lie about not being able to do gigs? Rarely. I mean, well, yeah, I suppose... Well, because if the question is, can you do this gig, and you look and you don't want to do it, you just go, oh, sorry, no. Yeah, but sometimes, you know when people say, are you free on this day? And then you're like, what I'll say, for? it depends what for. Yeah, it depends yeah. what for. So it won't be an automatic yes. you're quite honest. Depends who it is. I mean, someone that you know, you'll be like, no matter what, I'd love to work for you. Yeah. Yes. But somebody else, you go, you need to tell me more because you just asked for Saturday and I know you don't tend to pay more than 50 pounds. So let's see. I like, I like your style. I just go, what is it? Oh, no, I'm not free uh, for that. <laughs> but I don't say for that. Any secret habits or talents? Secret habits or talents? Well, I mean, you asked that science question earlier. Obviously, I started mm. in science, so I think people don't get that all the time. I've often had people explain basic science to me. They just go, oh, what you might not understand is... I'll be like, try me. Just give it a go. Uh, especially it when it mansplaining? Goes. A little bit, yeah. It, what, man or woman-splaining, where they just sort of look at you and just go, you're not going to understand this because you're a comic. And I'll be like, PhD in bioinformatics. Give it a go. Just try it. You know. Boom. Do you wait until they've explained to then tell them that you have a PhD? Or depends how annoying they get, doesn't it? <laughs> depends how far they go. Where they just. I really going, hope you... you let them go really down, far down that train, and you're like, oh, right, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, in my PhD. Well, or or even better is to just sort of whip out the bank card and just say, oh, I'll pay for this, and then there's doctor on yes. my bank card. Like oh you're you're a doctor I was yes but Boom. I choose to do this I love it do you have you ever been introduced on stage as Doctor Rialina no because I'm actually Doctor Rio Holzerland <gasps> there you go maiden name uh yes state maiden in stage so, so doctor in comedy name. I feel like you should be introduced as Doctor I'd love it. Everyone would go, oh, they'd sit up and be like, I'm ready. <laughs> the doctor's coming and they'd get the out some of their weird in. ailments. Like, I've got this rash. Not that kind of doctor. <laughs> You'd get weird heckles. Actually, no, I, do, I have been called up uh, by people. When they find out that, I, that my specialty was herpes viruses, I have had questions. <gasps> I have had people really? go, oh, can I ask you a question? No, no, no. Mm. I get cold sores. That's it? On That's, my face. Yeah. Not That's down herpes. There. And because um, <laughs> you can get it down there. You herpes. can get it down there. Um, any tips? On herpes viruses? Yeah. 
for my cold sores. I, oh. Do you know what? I get them. I've started taking. <laughs> now let's get into the cold sore chat. I'm excited. Do you mind? No, well, not at all. We've got an hour to talk about comedy. Let's let's mine let's cold sores. Cold sores. I have started taking L-lysine. Okay. In like my smoothies and it stops them. Have you heard of that? Um, I haven't heard of it's that particular like thing that's probably a newer mineral or something it's something herbal lysine is one of the oh now you're testing me look I oh. was a scientist like 10 12 years ago it's an amino acid there we go it's, it's not a protein a mineral. building block it's, it's a protein a, building a protein. block yeah so what, any how do they really come in seven year cycles and then stop no 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 they can come whenever some people have them constantly and they're always being stressed by it and it's always there some people get it once you know they go oh I've just contracted herpes from kissing you and then they never get it again it can depend but you know I mean herpes there's eight human herpes viruses chickenpox is a human herpes virus so it's not just the two that we call two of them herpes which is cold sores and the, and the one down below but actually um, glandular fever is a herpes virus there's a, there's a couple of childhood fevers that are actually herpes virus infections Kaposi's sarcoma which is a skin condition that you often see in, in Mediterranean men and people who are immunosuppressed is a herpes virus I'm learning so much because I've had chickenpox twice and, and I've got cold sores like all the time for my whole life. I've had them since before I can remember, so I don't even know how I contracted them. Oh, your parents. Familial. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you know, if you barred your brother's God toothbrush parents. or whatever. I only have one sister. She doesn't have it. <sighs> oh. It's just me and oh. my mom. I know. Well, no, but then it means, you know what? She probably does, but she doesn't, it just doesn't um, express so in her. So unfair. How, how, what is your treatment? What do you think the best treatment is? Well, it's tricky. I mean, it's obviously herpes isn't just for Christmas, it's for life. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's stress related. So it's just looking at what's going on in your life. What are you eating? What are you doing when they manifest? What about if you can't get this, rid of the stress in your life because <laughs> it's your life? And then lysine protein going. shakes is, seems to be the way forward. <laughs> I love it. We're talking cold sores on Hoxton Radio. We'll be back with a bit more comedy after this. Baines Plus One. It's Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and brilliant actress, comedian, and writer, Rialina. Hello. Hello. Now, Ria, it's time for our chat proper. Chat proper? Okay, I'm ready. Interview times, you know, journalisticness. Love that word. So, hi, Wickham. Hi, Wickham. <laughs> Has a hospital in which I was born. Yay! Yay. That was me being a journalist. So, you were born in High Wickham. Mm-hmm. Then you went to California. Yes. My parents were on sabbatical over here. Um, and then they and my, my my father was working and my mother just took a two year sabbatical from her job and got bored so they went should we have a kid they went yeah alright and they had a kid and that was me that solves all boredom doesn't, doesn't it, it? well you know she hasn't been bored since <laughs> so um, so how long were you in the UK and how long were you in California so we moved back when I was one and then when I was nine my dad got offered the job he had done before as a permanent position so we moved back uh eight years later um, with another kid so my parents had another one because um, classic Aspie family the textbooks all say four years is an appropriate amount of time between siblings <laughs> so four years later my mother went we will have another one here we go she needs a playmate um, which is why I have a sister um, there's and four in between me and my sister as well it's the perfect number um, and, and, it, and <laughs> it's true when we went looking around St. Andrews Uni when I was looking at universities my sister was throwing a strop and my mother just turned around and said remember we only had you to keep your sister company um. <laughs> <laughs> wow 
something to live up to. Um, so, but then you went to the Netherlands. Then the same job moved us to the Netherlands. My father got promoted to like European chief of something. I think cardboard boxes, and so he. <laughs> Well, you know what, what does your dad do with he's all a this traveling? He's a logistics manager at a computer company, so he's the one. So actually, bless him. Now that he's retired, he's using the computer more and more and more, which is amazing. Like he's even. My mother said he's even taken the laptop downstairs and sat on the sofa with it. <laughs> Brilliant. So he's never been a big computer user, but he was always the one. He was the logistics manager, so he worked out all the shipping and everything else. So he was king of the cardboard box because he had an issue. They had an issue with a truck in the middle of Russia, and then I said. Well, What's the problem? They were panicking because they had, bandits had, had held up the truck and gone on board and stolen all the cardboard boxes. Left all the computers because they had no use for them. But these peasants were cold and they needed stuff to burn. So they took all the packaging. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like that film with Tom Hanks, but less threatening. Yes, my father <laughs> looks like Tom Hanks. One. And my husband is Welsh T4, Tom Jones, uh, Steve Jones. No, you know the shipping one where the, the pirates get on the ship. What's it called? Captain Phillips. <gasps> oh, right. But like the paper kind of. version. Yes, the paper version of that. Good. Glad I made that point. So um, then you went to university, as we've discussed, and did science and did a PhD. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I did. dig degree first. I did, yeah. I went to St. Andrews for the undergrad, and then I went to UCL for PhD, which is when I started comedy, and then I did a master's after that in um, forensics. So how did the comedy come about when you're doing all this science and travelling all over the world with your dad? <laughs> I wanted to act, actually, originally. I wanted to act. And when I was in St. Andrews, the comedy um, club... I guess you call it the comedy society said, Hey, let's put on a stand up gig. And because we had to make our own amusement back then, because there wasn't things like the internet and YouTube um, or and trains. Scotland. Yeah, there were no, there's no trains in, in St. Andrews. So basically, whoever's there, it was a bit like Brigadoon. You would go to St. Andrews, and then three <laughs> months later at the end of term, you would come out hoping that the rest of the world was still there. Do um, you love Scotland? I'm a big Scotland fan, but then I've only visited Glasgow once and I mainly do Edinburgh. Are you a lover of I'm Yes, I am a massive fan of Scotland. In fact, every year we go into Edinburgh, my husband and I say, why aren't we living here? Like, we, we love the people, we love the politics, we love how, you know, we love everything about it, apart from the weather, but you put up with that for the yeah. sake of having a neighbour that actually says, hey, in the morning, instead of trying to read your post to the light. Um... And no, I love it. I love living there. I wasn't a massive fan of St. Andrews per se because it's it's very towny gowny. It's it's either really rich people coming in for the golf or all yeah. the students. So there's you know there's not a great dynamic there. But the rest of it. But that's love where you it. started stand up. That's where I started stand up. So you had your first gig at university. I did have my first gig at university, and I had my second gig a year later. The same night that the society went, that went so well last year, let's do it again. <laughs> um, and at that second gig, I was in my fourth year of the degree. It was also the first gig of Andrew Lawrence. He came and oh. did that gig. Yeah. Andrew Lawrence went to St. Andrew's University. He did. He wow. did. And he was a first year when I was a fourth year. Namesake. So um, what, did, what was your material in your first gig? Do you remember? Was Ooh. it stuff that you still do now or vaguely similar? Oh, I or think I probably different? still have a printout of it somewhere. I remember, I think the second gig, well, I can't remember which gig was which. I remember doing jokes about how the EU had just passed uh, laws about how straight your bananas could be. Remember, you couldn't have a bendy banana or a bendy cucumber and your strawberries could only have two points and not three, something like that. Wow. Yeah, you can't have, your, your strawberries can't be too pointy. 
can't have too many points at the bottom. So they'd made all these weird, Why? ridiculous packaging. Because if you have straight bananas, you can fit more in a box. Whereas if they're too bendy, then you have a lot of wasted space. That then gets filled up with, like, spiders. Poor bananas. I know. It's so judgy, Maybe they don't want to be straight. So, <laughs> you know, it's not a decision. No, it isn't. It's, it's, a way it's of, the way they're born. Yeah. It's the way they're born. Um, oh, the bananas. So I remember doing stuff about that. I remember doing a joke about why it is when you go into the women's toilets. When women go into the toilet, they always check every stall before they pick one. Yes. You'll always check at least two or three. Yes. And you'll go and you'll go, oh, that one's a bit messy. Oh, that one has no toilet paper. That one has the toilet seat You've up. You've got why to get a feel for one of them. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, that's the one. That's the, Yeah, it, exactly. It's like when guinea pigs nest. It's sort of, you know, where am I going? Which corner am I going to go in? Which bit of pee pee poo poo bit am I going to? You can't <laughs> say, but Rhea is like doing her nesting dance. This, yeah, this is the nesting dance of the guinea pig. <laughs> so do you, uh, did you use any of that material going onwards or did you ditch it all and start again? No, I had to ditch it all because in London, they give you like three minutes to start or four minutes to start. And I had... 15 minutes and we had the first gig well, really? they just went just do a set there was no limit no one was there going and stop because we had no idea what we were doing we had no idea how to run a stand-up night or anything like that there was one stand-up comic in town and he was the local young drunk as opposed to the local old drunk because he had hurt his back and couldn't work and couldn't do anything and he would just get on stage and moan about stuff and we thought that's what stand-up was <laughs> and the only person who came through on a stand-up tour was Craig Charles and he was actually supported by Steve Best. And I was so excited. And I sat there in the front row. And Steve Best was amazing. He had all his props and his jokes. And we just went, this is great. And then out comes Craig Charles from Red Dwarf. And he bounced a football on his head while, while reciting a poem. And we went, what? Oh, this is stand-up comedy. Not sure about this. Good talent, though. To read poetry while bouncing a football on your head. That must be tough. I, I don't, to be fair, I don't think he was reading it. I think he'd memorized it in advance. Well, good. So. He's good at line learning. He should be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 15,000 series later, he should... So most of us were daunted when we had to do our first five minutes and you were like, 15 minutes? Yeah, sure. We just, we had no idea. And of course, because it was the same crowd, we had to write an entirely new set the next year as well. Oh, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't do a repeat. We didn't know that you repeat jokes and hone them and make them better. We just went, we've done those now. Never again can they be spoken. <laughs> Um, and then I came to London and had three minutes and I didn't have enough time to establish I'm not actually American. I've lived I've, I've pretty much, apart from those eight years in California, I've n I have no connection, just the accent left. So I had to pretend to be American when I first started in London. Because you didn't have long enough to explain. Yeah, I didn't have long enough to go, I'm not actually American, just ignore the accent. No, you were like, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So how did the acting kind of come into things? Because you were in the National Youth Theatre, weren't you? <clears throat> I so was. was I. Oh, were we yeah. in the same year? I don't think so. I I don't know. Yeah. Everyone on this show who, who is a guest... They're all brilliant, but they seem to know the years that they did things. I have no idea. Like, I, if you asked me when I graduated university, I'd have to work it out. I just don't, I don't know it off the top of my head. So I was in the National Youth Theatre, but I have no idea when. No, okay. When I was about 18. Okay. Which is 10 years ago. Okay, no, I was before you. I am, I am clearly much older than you. <laughs> well, you all have right. had three children, and I've got none so far. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to give it a go. But you look. But I had three children it. by the time I was your age. I think. Did you? Are you you're 28. Mm. Yeah. Okay. No, I had two and a half. 
Okay. Well, I had three and a half because I have a stepson. So we had three and a half. Uh, we had three and one in, one cooking. Yes. <laughs> one in the oven. One in the, yeah. <laughs> Rising. So so you were <laughs> in the National Youth Theatre. Is that, is that, was that your first sort of acting experience or? Well, no I, no, I started in the Netherlands when I was in high school. So it was, you know, loads of Amdram there. And then did and then got in and then went to uni and did more Amdram there and then did the national. I actually was young enough to do the national youth theater at the end of my uni days, which so everyone else was a year younger than me, but had just finished A levels. It was a weird kind of mix. So I was this mother hen to all these young people going, Ah, he's he kissed me last night. Now he won't talk to me. <laughs> um, and I was, you know, this this woman of the world just going, It's okay. He's not worth it. I know I've been there. So, and then how did that become a career? Because you've obviously done, you know, TV and acting, thespian things. Thespian things. Um, well, through the stand-up, actually. So I started doing the stand-up thinking, I want to act, but I look like this, I talk like this. No, There aren't a lot of parts out there. No one's going, you know what we need? We need an ambiguous Asian with an American accent. <laughs> Find Great. me one. <laughs> so I realized that stand-up, which had gone well at St. Andrews, was a great way of of um, of, of maybe, you know, getting that resume bulking yeah. up. Yeah, and performing on and stage performing on a and, and everything else. And you control it. As an actor, you have to wait for someone else to cast you. But as a stand-up, you, you know, you are very much the go-getter in that, in that career. And here we are 15, 16 years later going, oh, look at me, I'm still doing it. <laughs> with dips into, with dips into acting. And I love dipping in and, and going, oh, I remember this. It's like your first love. You go, oh, this is amazing. And then you come back out. Because I did it the other way around. So I started off acting and then went into stand-up because I was like, I hate the fact that other people are in control of my career and I want to mm. do stand-up and write my own stuff. And you've obviously written shows that have done brilliantly at the Edinburgh and the Brighton Fringe. And you're doing a show this year. I'm doing another show this year um, and in Edinburgh called Dear Daughter, which is... Uh, and is this your fifth? This is the fifth one. Your hour, yeah. Fifth hour. And this is... <laughs> the hardest one I've ever set myself. Really? <laughs> going, oh, nothing like a challenge. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I, I show people the blurb and they go, oh, that's good. Oh, if anyone can pull that off, it's you. Just going, well, I'm glad you have faith. <laughs> Still working on how to pull it off. <laughs> oh, well, you're going to have to, uh, let's let's have a little bit of Dixie Chicks and afterwards you have to give me some top tips. <gasps> I love the Dixie Do Chicks. Do you? Well, yes. we picked this just for you. Afterwards, you must give me some top tips on Edinburgh because I'm currently about to do my debut show. <gasps> and you've done four brilliant ones. Exciting. Shane's plus one. Now, brilliant actress, comedian, writer, Rialina. You get to interview me, Samantha Baines, on Baines Plus One. I'm so excited. You can ask me anything you like, but let, let me just give a quick update on our Nail Scissors versus Nail Clippers Twitter poll. Mm. Currently 58% for Nail Clippers, 42% on Nail Scissors. If you want to join in, head over to Twitter. These important questions, guys. In or out? scissors or clippers is at Samantha Baines B-A-I-N-E-S if you want to join in with our Twitter poll but Rhea please ask me whatever you would like right well brilliant um, I'd like to start by asking a quick question yeah plastic surgery would you do it? oh I uh, no I don't think I would okay unless something like fell off and I need to stick it back on yeah but that's oh that is plastic so that's, oh sorry I should say cosmetic surgery then <laughs> okay no no. No. I think 
I think people who have like their boobs reduced because they're too heavy mm. is like a good thing. Mm. Other than that, like, n- not, no, I don't think mm. I would. Okay. Unless my face started falling off like properly. But I think that comes um, under plastics, not cosmetic. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I'd have any like wrinkles corrected. Or Also, I don't like pain. Okay. So <laughs> I'd mainly just avoid it for that. <laughs> so if you could have pain-free cosmetic... No, it's not possible. Uh, All yeah. right. Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. I want to know about your solo show and what you're doing. Oh, well, Because it said sciencey on your Twitter feed. Yes, it's science meets funny. That's the tagline. <laughs> um, regular <laughs> listeners will know because I bore them with it every week. But it's One Woman, A Dwarf Planet and Two Cocks. Okay. It's the title. And it's me trying to impress Professor Brian Cox by learning about the universe and trying to become an astronaut. Okay, so where's and the then, second cock? Well, you have to come and see the show to find Do you, that out. How are you spelling cox? Two cocks. With an X. Got it. All right. I heard the CKS. Yeah. No, the X, as in Professor Brian, is the first one. And then the second one will be revealed at the end of the show. Yeah, but basically on the on the journey of trying to impress Brian by finding out about space, I find out about all the injustices against women in science and <gasps> space. There are quite a few. Yes. Which is your which is your most which is the most outrageous injustice against women? Do you feel? Um I think well, one of them that I feel quite strongly about is Yvonne Yvonne Brill. Mm-hmm. who is a rocket scientist who invented a propulsion system that keeps satellites in orbit. Mm. Um, she died and in she had an obituary in the New York Times in 2013 and the first line of her obituary said uh, she made a mean beef stroganoff, followed her husband from job to job and took eight years off work to raise three children. Oh, that's horrendous. They didn't mention it. And there was a big furore about it at the time, and the New York Times had to apologise and, and redo the, bio, uh, the autobiography, uh, the obituary, sorry. But, um, yeah, that's quite bad. That's terrible. She was amazing. She mm. w- had an amazing career and sounded like an amazing woman and met Obama and was very kind of forthright. And, and yes. And, of course, the... That's the um, big injustice. There was, and, and apologies for not remembering the name, maybe someone can tweet you, but of course there was the woman who helped discover the double helix, Watson and Crick, and wasn't awarded the... Um, so many people, mm. their, their male supervisors were awarded like Nobel Prizes for their, like Jocelyn Bell Bunnell mm. as well, like there's loads. So it all then goes off in a but, feminist tangent. I don't know if this is in your show, but this is an interesting tidbit. Uh, there was a mathematician, female, who was con- um, attributed with helping the uh, create uh, design the first computer first algorithm she helped Ada Lovelace thank you I love Ada Lovelace she's not in the show but I love Ada Lovelace and I I, I mean I love Radio 4 and you have of course been on Radio 4 which we're going to talk about later but um, they did a series where they read like her love letters Mm -hmm. and they and they kind of describe her as this like crazed woman who like had affairs and then was in love with people and they don't actually but and it seems to kind of negatively affect the fact that she is an amazing mind i think that says that she i'm claiming her for team aspie 
I think she was desperate because that's what we are. We're, we're obsessive and we're overly focused and then we fall deeply in love and then deeply out of love. And she had such a great mathematical capability that I think that that would explain it all. That she's just there going, I think you're amazing. Yeah. And everyone's going, whoa. But also, she's like a human being and she can be an incredibly intelligent, amazing person, have an amazing brain and still fall in love and maybe do silly things outside and, and have affairs. And that's fine. Like, we don't have to be like, she was bad because she did all these things. No, she was amazing and she was human. It's a bit weird, isn't it, that we have this idea that you can either have an amazing career or a sex life, but not both. Yeah. No, well, like, do I don't know if you've been watching Love Island. I'm mm. literally obsessed. I'm sorry, I've missed <laughs> Love Island. I've, I don't even I know mean, what that is. I never thought I'd watch it, but I'm so obsessed with it. It's basically loads of people in a house and they're trying to couple up. On an island? Tell me yes. there's an island. It's, it's on okay. an island. There's right. sun and stuff and they're always in bikinis. <laughs> but one of the girls was Miss GB. Okay. So she's been awarded Miss U- Like whatever you think of pa- pageants, she, Did she get in a fight it. with Miss, Miss UK. GB. Did Miss UK be like, I totally include Northern Ireland? No. But Miss GB slept with someone on his first night in the island, Ooh. and she was decrowned. And I think that's awful. Interesting. And she was crying, and she was like, "It was such a mistake," but I just wanted to do it like in the moment. And what is that saying to? to people you know Miss GB says oh you know the the pageant people say mm. our Miss GB has to be a role model to young girls so it's saying that if young girls have sex when they feel like it when I, they want to well they let's be honest be though, like, the, like totally aside from that the Miss GB competition isn't the best way to say ladies you will be this skinny and look this good in a bikini yeah. and that's the role that's model important. that we're setting in the first place no it isn't but I just think on top of that it's ridiculous oh it is on top of it, especially if she practiced safe sex and there's really no yeah, reason yeah. I mean if she and did she wanted and you go, to do it okay yeah and he wanted to do it and it was just a nice thing that they did and, and then she's being punished by it and so many people in the media are like saying all sorts of horrible things about her and I think it's and also she's 20 mm God, when you're 20, if you can't have a one-night stand, if you want to... No, of course. You know, when can you? Let's so, rec- we'll recrown her. Yeah, let's recrown her. Mm. I mean, I don't know how I feel about pageants anyway, but mm. <laughs> but still, she she it was really important to her. Anyway, that is not in my show. No, but that's not in show your show. The show is about science and women, and uh, there's lots of facts in there for people who enjoy quizzes. That sounds great. Do you have one last question? I do have one last question, and it is... What would okay? What's your guilty pleasure? I think I just looked at producer Kate then because I think she knows what my guilty pleasure is. It's Nando's. (gasps) Baines plus one. I'm here with Rialina, and it is time for the news. Can you do us the headlines? Headlines on Thursday, the twenty third of June are exercise to remember. Summer solstice meets rare moon. Dead and lost in cinema. Hot mouth after hot wings. And computer ant plays football. Those are the headlines. Excellent news reading voice there. Thank you. (laughs) I try. Exercise to remember. So this is scientific research has concluded that exercise could be the key to sharpening up your memory. But you have to do it exactly the right time. So they did this with a group of volunteers. They were challenged to try and memorize a selection of visual patterns and then recall as much as they could 48 hours later. So, this is a bit complicated. In the time in between, a third of the group spent 35 minutes riding on exercise bikes after they'd seen 
um, these things that they had to remember, raising their heart rate up to 80% after seeing the patterns. The other third relaxed for four hours after the memory task and then did the same exercise on the bikes. And the final group did no exercise. So one group did exercise straight away, another group did exercise for four hours, and the other group did no exercise. Then they looked at the results, and the group who had done exercise, so relaxed for four hours and then done exercise, got the best results. So if you need to remember something, relax for four hours and then do some exercise. What do you reckon, Ria? Are you going to use that in your everyday life? I'm a little bit sceptical, I'll be honest. Because first of all, it's volunteers, so how do we know that we didn't just have the people go, I'll be in the lazy group, I'll be in the exercise group. 80%, I can do 110 and still remember it. I, I don't know. It's one of those studies where you go, nah, I don't know. Especially because the reasons that they give is that when you exercise, the brain releases molecules like dopamine, mm. which protects the brain while you're exercising. So it sort of goes, okay, we're going to exercise, but we're not going to eat any of the brain while we exercise. You just need to not do it. Well, it's, it says that it promotes protein, which grows your brain cells. So you're growing more cells when you exercise. Scientist Dr. Rialina, is mm. this true? <laughs> it goes against everything we were taught as kids, doesn't it? It could well be true. That um, I don't know, dopamine and a growth-promoting protein for brain cells while the body exercises. I think we have to look at why you have to wait that four hours because yeah. that doesn't make sense why it didn't work with the group that exercised immediately. You know, put the information in, lock it down with dopamine. Didn't work. Yeah, maybe you have to lock it down by relaxing. And then exercise gets you excited before the task where you have to remember them. Or they had four hours to chit-chat about the patterns. Yes. And then went for an exercise. Like, I just... There's Maybe. just things like, what did they do in that four hours? I love that you're doing that evaluation like you had to do in school. Yeah, that's exactly what... <laughs> that bit at the end where you go, what's the difference between results and conclusion? I yeah. don't get it. Results are... The what plant might be affecting grow. this? Yeah. I love this. Um, well, I'm, I think the idea of growing more brain cells sounds lovely. So I'm up for that bit. Summer solstice meets rare moon. On Monday, it was the longest day, also known as summer solstice. Uh, in London, it rained a lot all day and all night so we didn't see very much but apparently astronomers were very excited because it was the first time since 1967 that the summer solstice evening coincided with a strawberry full moon no that's not a cocktail <laughs> strawberry moon is the nickname given to the full moon in june and it was named because in farming history it falls at the height of the strawberry picking season do you think we should pick strawberries by the light of the moon I thought it's because the moon was red. So it's a did bit pinky. I. Yeah, but it's that's not that's all year round. That's called a blood moon. If you're being um, believing in sort of witchcrafty things, okay, a blood moon. It means someone's going to die. You know, like oh, right. in that oh. film with Sandra <laughs> Are you Bullock. You're in charge um, of that. Yeah, I'm in charge. Right. Like here we go. But make the moon pink. I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> no, you know, in that film with Sandra Bullock and uh, Practical Magic. I love that film. <gasps> She's a witch, right? She yes. She goes into the town. I do And there's it. a red yes. and there's a blood moon when yes. the man dies and then they get really worried. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. It's amazing. Um, He's cute too. It, the guy in it. The he? guy that dies. No, the He's guy so that she evil. ends up with. Oh, the guy she ends up with. Yeah. With one blue eye and one green. Yeah. It's so nice. Anyway, they, um, they shared these pictures. The online community, Slew. I love that name. They, they live-streamed the special moon, showing live images from around the Earth with commentary from astronomers Paul Cox, not Brian, 
And Bob Behrman. Is he the second Cox? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. No, I've only just found out about him. But if you want to check out the footage of the moon, you can go to www.live.slooh.com. Are you into summer solstice? Do you know, it bugged me for a while. I was there going, it should be the 21st. In total Aspie manner, I was like, but it's June 21st, but it's June 21st, but it's June 21st. And then I went, "Uh, it's a leap year. We're fine. (laughs) (laughs) I love summer solstice. I went to university at Exeter and we used to go to Stonehenge for solstice. Oh, that sounds good. And like party. It's really fun. Dead and lost in cinema. I've written my poem on this. Last week... A man went to see the obviously very scary film, The Conjuring 2, and he didn't leave alive. The 65-year-old man visited his local cinema in India with a friend to watch the movie, but during the movie he suffered a heart attack, was rushed to hospital, and he was declared dead on arrival. He died in a scary... It was so scary he died. Then it got a bit weird, because the man's body was sent off for a post-mortem and they couldn't find his body or the man he came into the hospital with and local police are hunting for the dead man and his friend and they haven't been identified or they were never there what's the conjuring about I don't that know but it sounds creepy. like it sounds a bit like a PR stunt it sounds like he was conjured he was he was conjured away and then but why would you conjure someone who's having a heart attack and then send them to hospital well, because it gives the impression that your movie is really scary. Yeah, it could be a PR and then And it puts it in the news like this. But that, I think that's quite creepy. It, maybe he's still in the cinema. Mate, so I'm not going to watch it cinema. in that cinema. Yeah, Don't go to cinema. India to watch this film. Hot mouth after hot wings. Uh, a man has been rushed to hospital after failing to win a pub's hot chicken wing eating contest in Stockton on Tees. I mean, if you can't deal with spite, why do people do these things to themselves? The George Pub launched the challenge last Tuesday. You've got to eat 10 spicy wings in under 10 minutes and then not drink anything for five minutes. And you know what the prize is? It's not even a good prize. You get a refund on the chicken wings, which were nine ninety-five. It's a macho thing, isn't it? They're I think still they deserve whatever winner. they get. I mean, it's just silly. If you know you can't take spice to the point where you might be rushed to hospital, like, don't do it. Apparently, it's very spicy, though. It's Carolina Reaper chilies, which rate 1.5 to 2.2 on the Scoville heat unit scale. Didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) Making them the hottest chili peppers in the world. The pub manager said he tried to make the challenge safe by not allowing anyone to drink alcohol, uh, anyone drinking alcohol to compete. And he also gets all competitors to sign a disclaimer. This is getting more dangerous by the second. Mark McNeil. That doesn't make it safer, does it? No, it just means... paper and it will protect you. (laughs) He won't be sued. Mark McNeil said the first wing went down okay, but then he had another two, and it was overwhelmingly painful. Apparently the staff in the local hospital were very professional, although I could tell they were kind of joking when I told them about why I was here. Yeah, of course. People are there with, like, actual injuries and you just ate some really hot wings, you silly man. He should have drunk something after he realised he wasn't going to win the competition. Well, exactly. I hope he didn't just forget and go all the way to hospital and they go, here's some water. <laughs> or, like, almond milk. That'd probably be good. A bit of bread. A bit of bread. Is bread good? Yeah, because yeah, it soaks, soaks it up. up. Finally, Computer Ant plays football. This is your favourite one, Ria, isn't it? It is my favourite one. This Google Artificial Intelligence team DeepMind have made another breakthrough in AI sports and it's football. 
to coincide with the Euro. A million? No, Euro millions? That's something different. The football thing. The football football thing. A few months ago, we had DeepMind on on Baines Plus One because they beat (laughs) uh, the top-ranked player at the board game Go. How exciting. Um, Now, they've basically created a small animated ant and taught him to play football so it's a video released this week and it shows an animated ant crawling about scoring goals with a small ball it doesn't i mean it doesn't sound that impressive does it but top companies like amazon apple facebook and microsoft are very excited about it because they believe that technology behind the football playing ant can be implemented in more usual technologies how what i do not see (laughs) where anybody is going to go you know what this is okay it's a great microwave i love the you know the dual function yeah but it really needs an animated ant playing football on it definitely needs an ant maybe the ant could like pick up all the bits of food that get spat out in the microwave and then bring them back in that could be useful that i'm interested in yes and then you wouldn't have to clean self-clean microwave or you know when the rice goes and then you go go get all the little things oh i've got to clean the microwave (laughs) I hate it. Oh, or when you had to do T4, soup Steve and Jones it all spits off. Yeah, T4, Steve Jones, clean the microwave, the microwave in some sort of builder's cleaning outfit. Oh, no. If you look up him up in the images on, on Google, he only ever wears one outfit. Really? Yeah. Wow. Let's check that out. We'll tweet some pictures. I think that, that, was, that was what our producer, Kate, found out. <laughs> he wears one thing. All the time. All the time. It's Hoxton Radio. We're going to be Googling the pictures of T4 Steve Jones. Baines plus one. It is Baines plus one and it's time for Poem of the Week. Yeah. Rialina, you've Hello. written two poems. Two. I'm so excited. Okay. Some guests don't write any and you're oh. like, yes, no. I'm nailing it with two. Right, but they don't rhyme. That's fine. poems, right? Yeah, okay, just poems. Cool. Which okay. one do you want to read first? Um, well, we could go with the frivolous one first, but I need your help. It's a two-person poem. Oh. And I've done it the wrong way around because you're written on the left-hand side of the page and you're sitting on my right, but anyway. Okay. So I need to say things. Yeah, you need to say something. Okay. Okay. So I'm excited. Okay. What, what, what are we calling it? It's called uh, A What. Great. Here we go. Ready? Okay. I'll start. So it's called A What. I've just seen an a what. A what? And a what? What's that? What's what? And a what? A what? Oh, never mind. That's the poem. I loved it. Okay. Do you want to do your second one? Okay. So this one I've written um, for the referendum. Very good. Today, mm-hmm. make sure you vote everyone. What are you calling it? Uh, I don't know, actually. It's titleless. Or the referendum. the referendum. There we go. Here we go. It's Rialina on Hoxton Radio. First they taxed the pasties, and I did not speak out, because I don't eat pasties. Then they cut disability benefits, and I did not speak out, because I am not disabled. Then they came for the junior doctors, and I did not speak out, because one of them misdiagnosed my cystitis once. <laughs> then they threatened my cheap holiday in Menorca, and I said, I don't think so. <laughs> there we go. I love it. Short, sweet, exactly what you need. Make sure you vote today. Go vote! <laughs> My poem is called Dead Scary and it is about the the man in India who watched the movie. So here we go. Dead Scary. 
A man went to see The Conjuring 2 at the cinema for a better filmic view. Sequels are not usually as good, so who knew this sequel would prove to be so ruddy scary? Those with heart conditions, please be wary. Because the man had a real-life heart attack and died. His friend couldn't save him, though he tried. At hospital, he was pronounced dead, and then he fled. Yep, you heard right. He may have been killed by a fright, but then his body completely disappeared. How apt for the scary movie. So weird. It's my poem of the week. I like it. I like how it was ruddy scary. Ruddy. Ruddy. It's because I was going to put a swear word, and mm. then I thought some people might be offended by that. That's so a good I word. put ruddy. Ruddy. I like ruddy. 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 I use ruddy it in the place nutty. of many swear words. <laughs> oh, you ruddy idiot. Stuff like that. You still said idiot, though. Idiot's not a swear word. Is it not? Oh, it is in primary school. Is it? Yeah, I can't say. Can't say oh, do you, you know can't all the kids? Stupid either. You can't say um, crap either, can you? No. I don't think that that is officially a swear word. Because it means poo. Yeah. I don't think... I wouldn't count that. If my kids said crap, I'd be fine with it. Oh, but that's the thing. Like, collectively... Every parent individually has much looser rules than Mm. collectively. And it's very odd that all of us individually go, oh, I don't mind if my kid hears the word crap. But then you put them all in a primary school and then suddenly it's like, oh, don't say crap. Someone else might complain. Like, who? Who are these mystical parents that complain about crap? (laughs) I don't think you can say crap on BBC radio either. We're not on. Shall I test it out next time I'm on? (laughs) See if they have me back. See what they say. Those were our poems of the week. We'll be back with more from Rialina. We're going to be talking about your Radio 4. (gasps) Yes. Times. Debut. Your new show. All all to play for. I mean, we're not playing. We're just going to be chatting. Baines Plus One. Oh, Rialina. It has been such a pleasure having you on Baines Plus One. Ace is fun. It's been fun, hasn't it? it? Now, we have to talk about your Radio 4 show because we haven't (gasps) talked about that yet. Oh, it's coming up too. School of Reason. School of Reason. But how's it spelled? (laughs) R-A-A, like my name, but as in Reason, but like R-A-A. Like Reason. School of Reason. School of Reason, but... Yes, the one the one show I put my name in the title and who oh, got picked up by Radio Four? Who knew yes. that was the secret? So, um, oh, sugar, I should have done that. So, this has come from an Edinburgh show that it went was down an very well. Show. Yes, it did. It went down very well a couple of years ago. Um, and actually, the um, the commissioner of Radio Four at the time, Caroline Raphael, came to see the show, and she's one of those old school where she'd buy a ticket so you didn't know if she was in, so that oh. she didn't have to then get a phone call going, "What did you think? What did you think? What did you think?" Um, and so I didn't know she was in, and then she just tweeted like a little nothing, like nothing glowing, just a sort of, "Oh, I've been learning, or I'm about to go behind the bike shed, or something, you know, something school related," at Eddie Boo's show. So just this one little hint, like I enjoyed it. Yeah, come find me, <laughs> um, and uh, and she did. She said, "Yeah, pitch me something. I'd love to." do it and uh, here it is so what later. can we expect from this show so what was the Edinburgh show about I had to homeschool my kids for a year uh, due to various reasons and so this the show itself ended up being a, a look at education in Britain today and then looking at what we're teaching why we're teaching it you know how how is how has the quality of education over the past couple decades affected each generation as it comes through social media yeah sort of thing and and is the Radio show, sort of directly putting the show on the radio, or have I, you yeah. Well, <laughs> the the original show was a PowerPoint based show, so okay. Some of the jokes had to be 
translated, axed, changed. But um, yeah, it came from the original show, so it still is very much about education. Um, and I turned it into so it's not just a monologue. I have um, a male, act- I have a female actress, I have a kid in it, one of mine, and I have uh, Mark Watson playing playing Michael Gove. Excellent. And you've got one of your own children in it. I did. And that was actually the producer just went, oh, it'd be great if we could get one of the kids in. And I went, ooh, ooh, that would be really useful. So it's really handy to have that extra voice in there. Yeah. So do any of your children want to follow in mum's footsteps and be a performer? Want to, maybe. Allowed to? No. No, 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 no. Well, you're tempting them now with this radio star. Not at all. I'm getting it out of their system. What I'm doing is bombarding them. I'm taking them to auditions and dragging them out to gigs and going, this is the life I lead. And, you know, not feeding them sometimes. So they go, can we eat? Not today. Mommy didn't work. (laughs) And then then what will happen is they'll go, screw this. I'm being a lawyer. And I'll be like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure you want to be a really high-powered, highly paid lawyer? Okay, I guess I'll love you as long as you're happy. That's the plan. Brilliant. I love the strategy. Mm. So when is this going to be on Radio 4? It's going to be aired July 7th, 11 o'clock. And have you recorded it already? Yeah, we recorded it in February. How did it go? Was it fun? It was amazing. I had no idea what to expect. Absolutely no idea what to expect. And actually, I randomly ran into someone that was in my audience two weeks ago at a show and they went oh wait I are you the girl that and I went yeah and he said I had he said to me he said I he bought a ticket for the show before and the audience stayed so they, there was Angela Barnes recording and then myself yeah. and he says so we actually came for Angela Barnes and then we all stayed for the show and he said I read the blurb and I was like oh I'm not sure about this but had a great time <laughs> oh good if you know my humor at all you know that it wasn't just ABC's one, two, three. I love those backhanded compliments where people are like, I didn't come for you. I didn't think you'd be any good. But actually, you were great. And you're like, mm, thank you. Yeah, okay. Because um, it's good. filmed, in, it's, sorry, recorded in front of a live audience, isn't it? On they the Radio are. 4 specials. They are. Um, was that weird doing it live, but it was before the radio? You know what? When you stand there as a stand up, who often, you have to work at every gig. If you go to a comedy club, they're sitting there going, you might be funny, you might not. You might be funny, but I don't like you. There's so much judgment and so much. Whereas when you're doing a Radio 4 show and they've all come and they're like, we're here to have a good time. How do we have a good time? What do you want us to do? You want us to laugh now? We'll laugh now. Oh, we're going to clap. Is that okay? We're clapping. We're clapping. We're loving. And you're just there going, why would I ever go back? Why would I ever go back? This is amazing. I love this. I've only been in to do something for Radio 4 once. I did Women's Hour and it was amazing. And everyone was, it was just so professional and everything looked beautiful. Did yes. you find that? Well, we recorded in Up the Creek, which is a stand-up yeah. um, venue. But it was just still, there is just, you get, you crawl up the staircase of, of your career and you get to the next <laughs> step and you just go, ooh, it's nice up here. This is, I could get used to this. I and then you turn stay, around and go, yeah. look how many more steps of professionalism there are. So what's next? Radio 4 series? Oh, fingers crossed. That'd be this, nice. would this would be. You know what? I would love it because they they have two airings of this. I'd love them to re-air it at six. If they do that, I'll be like happy bunny. Yeah. Well, this is seventh of July, eleven p.m. on Radio Four. So definitely tune in, everyone. I'm very excited about it. I'll be. Or iPlayer. Yeah. Yay. You can listen to it anytime. The internet brings it to us whenever we want with our own schedule. Now, I did say earlier that I was going to ask your advice about Edinburgh shows because I'm doing my debut show this year. So, what any advice for comedians going up to Edinburgh to do a solo hour or maybe who are thinking about doing that maybe for next year? Oh, well, if you aren't already committed, go up this year and check it out. 
I mean, before I did my first solo show, I came up and just did a two-hander on the free fringe, very low key, in order to feel my way. Because I hadn't been in eight years, so I wanted to know where the venues are, you know, up from down, left from right, old town, new town, get a feel for tr even just traffic flow of, of customers and things like that. So definitely go up and check it out, even if you can only go for a long weekend. Because it's a very different play. I've done seven Edinburgh's um, as an actor and as a stand-up, but I've never done an hour of just me doing stand-up. But it's a very particular sort of vibe and place and particular mm. shows, styles of shows seem to do well in Edinburgh that you wouldn't necessarily do anywhere else almost like it's club true. in yeah, clubs it's, it's a very different style of material for stand-up it is because it's an it's an hour-long format and in edinburgh specifically wants they want a beginning a middle and an end they want a poignant moment they need you know you have the 40 minute watch check there's so many little tricks about it and how to do it and you'll you know you might have an american come over and they'll do an hour of blistering stand-up and you're laughing from minute one to minute 60 and then the reviews will be like three stars well it was all right but what was the point it's just going mm. It was funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that the the key is is to have a goal. Know what you want to get out of it. And, and and if your goal is win the Fosters, get over yourself. Like, just aim small. Nobody <laughs> nobody goes, it's I'm going to win the Fosters. Fosters this go. year. It's lastminute.com. Oh. oh, is it? Yeah. If you want to win a, a different ring. A lasty. A minity? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that, remember when it was the if.coms and everyone went, we're going to win an iffy? I'm, I don't know if I want the iffy, the iffy award for comedy. Um, okay, sorry. So when you don't, like, a realistic goal. Do you want to get an agent out of it? Do you want to get better at doing stand-up? That is a legitimate goal. Then stick to that because I guarantee you're going to go up there and you're going to see all these people who the rest of the year are doctors or vet nurses or work in um, call centers and they're amazing and you're looking at them going, I can't believe I do this for a living. I should quit. I'll do your telephone job and you go on the road because <laughs> you are amazing and it can be such a hard knock to the confidence but you just have to just stick with what you're there to do. Have fun with your friends and then crash in September. Night. Yay! <laughs> but not in Europe, because we might not be able to go there anymore. Oh, no. Baines Plus One. It's been Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines, and the brilliant Rialina. Thanks Hello, for Lass. joining me. I've had so much fun. It's been really fun. We've chatted about so we've chatted about cold sores. Yeah, cold sores, <laughs> Ava Lovelace. Yeah. Yeah, all the things. Now, your new Edinburgh show, mm. when is it on? What is it about? Where can we see it? Uh, it's called Dear Daughter. It's obviously on in Edinburgh at the Gilded Balloon at 9.15, but I have a number of previews throughout London in July. If you go to my website, there's a previews um, link there. And essentially, it's about preparing for the unexpected. If you, you know, if a piano landed on your head today... God forbid. You know, how hard would it be for your family to kind of tie up loose ends? What's your last Facebook update? Are you happy for that to be your, your last, last Facebook update? Because you can't delete a dead person's Facebook account. Just, oh my goodness. And then you get, yeah. What's your last Facebook update? I'm just finishing in studio with at Samantha Baines on Baines Plus One. <laughs> Look out for the whole episode on iTunes. So yes, that would That's be... That's a good one. You're planning on hitting me with a piano on the way out, aren't you? Yeah, loads <laughs> more people would listen to the podcast on iTunes. So, yeah. um, no, I, don't, I, won't, I won't kill my guests. Although, no. no. My last uh, Facebook status is, is a picture of loads of dogs all sitting together saying, we're better together about Brexit oh. <laughs> but cute because it's dogs unless yeah unless, so mm. 
So that's so that's You'd never yeah, that's what know what happened. No, touch wood, we're both going to stay well before Edinburgh. Well, so we can do it. It would shows. be pretty dour if my show was actually someone coming on going, "This is what she prepared earlier." Oh my gosh! Imagine mm. it would be like. It did you see apt. Richard Gadd's show last year? It was like meta. No, I know, but do you know what? Um, Barry Castagnola did a very similar show years earlier oh, where, really? where Barry doesn't arrive to the show at the very end. Yeah. Yeah, and he plays all the characters as he sort of gets up there and does this character, that character, and then at the very end rushes in and goes, <gasps> and then the lights go up. <laughs> well, you could have a sort of, no, let's not talk about you passing away. But no. <laughs> definitely go check out Ria's show. Where can we find you on the internet? What's your website? Rialina.com. And your Twitter? At Boo definitely give her a follow i'll be back next thursday from 12 till 2 live on hoxton radio you can of course listen to all the baines plus ones on itunes just search baines plus one and it'd be lovely if you'd leave us a cheeky little five star review would maybe five star why not i mean you can leave less but i'll be unhappy with you <laughs> i should been... know who you are i will know I've been Samantha Baines and will continue to be. You can follow me on Twitter at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S. Baines Plus One. Thanks for listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. The show is originally recorded on Hoxton Radio. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, please do, at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S. And on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines. Please carry on sharing the show on social media. And hello to all our listeners all over the world. If you could subscribe and give us a cheeky little five-star review, that would be lovely. Tell all your friends.